What can we call it soccer podcast by two United fans? I'm Notch. I'm Caleb. And I'm Colin. This week, MLS has goals galore in week two and signs a landmark deal with Liga MX. Arsenal shock the world twice. And a gun-toting owner storms the pitch in Greece. I know, it's so ridiculous, we don't even need jokes this time. This morning we found out that Secretary of State Rex Tillerson has uh, been fired. Somewhat impulsively, probably, in a move that they're calling Rexit. I thought that was pretty witty. Rexit. (laughs) So I want to ask you guys, what impulsive move have you made that uh in retrospect was probably a pretty bad idea um that fifth shot of gin <laughs> my third weekend of college that's see but that's too easy alcohol and drugs are too easy in this area i feel like you got you gotta give you're getting me a deep cut of some sort something something that you chose to do okay that'll, that'll be a placeholder for now um I mean, it's alcohol-related, but um, uh, probably that White Castle stop after, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I think, my sixth two-for-one beer at Legends mm-hmm. senior year of college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the White Castle part, on its own, probably isn't a good decision in general. Um, White Castle after multiple large beers very poor move on my part okay caleb you, you got me well, something well what about you you don't forget I'm, so, I'm still thinking huh. uh what have i done impulsively that i uh, i regret i don't know i got no no regrets in fact there's a tattoo on my neck over here that says r no r a g r e t s so literally no regrets man um maybe that tattoo that man one. man i hate to tell you this uh no look th- let him have this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think, uh, God, I, I I feel like there are things. I've just like mentally blocked them out of my mind. I feel yeah, like I'm going to have repressed. like a Vietnam style flashback right now. And then it's going to be like, okay, guys, we need to take a break. Notch is just broken down. He's not saying anything. His eyes have rolled back into his head. If, if I know myself, and I do, because I've been myself for about 25 years now, um, I'm not gonna think of anything until like two o'clock this morning, and it's gonna be like, oh, the cringe. I'm just gonna like cringe into nothingness. Oh, I remember there was this gal I was I was dating at the time, and it was the day before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is always my like, um, I cook a nice meal for myself, and I make some nice food, and you know, it's it's a very quiet night, and we were having this very animated discussion. And we decided right there and there that we couldn't date anymore. And she left. And it was around like 1 or 2 in the morning. And I looked at the beer and booze setting around me and was like, ah, I guess I'm really angry now. I was really excited for this. And I just decided to keep drinking. And that was a huge mistake because the next rest of the day, I was a massive hangover. Could not cook my food. Could not make my nice meal. And I was all by myself on Thanksgiving, which is, you know, it can be depressing unless you're doing something nice for yourself. So, (laughs) right. This was like way more vulnerable and deep than I expected it to be. <laughs> um, here's mine. I mean, that's why I stuck to White Castle. Jeez. Here's mine. I got angry once at FIFA and threw a controller impulsively. So that's 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 the same, right, Notch? It's the same. You break anything? I, I brought the controller. The battery. It's about to accept controller. So I had the battery uh-huh. pack, and that, that wouldn't stay in anymore. So I didn't okay. tape it. Well, I think, you know, all of these things that we have shared have the same gravity and <laughs> issues as yeah. uh, Rex Tillerson leaving Secretary of State position. Uh, with that, though, it's time for us to move on to the soccer, because that's what people are here for. Before we start talking about the games, though, we want to give you a little a little offer, which is uh, a little birdie told us recently that a former co-host of this podcast would like to return for a guest episode. Uh, and and we're really excited for this, but we think we'd like to we'd like to offer a little incentive incentive for this to happen. So, what we would like you to do is head over to iTunes and give us some reviews. Right now, I believe you have something on the order of 20. 20 reviews. Um, we'd, we'd like fifty. Fifty. If everyone listening to the podcast has an iTunes account and gave us a review, hopefully a good one, we'd have the fifty in no time. Yeah, I think so, that would be that's very manageable, and it would help us out getting more listens, being more 
visible in the podcast world that has only just a few soccer podcasts. We need to be on top of those. Yeah, so, there's only a couple of them. We should just make sure that we're at the top. And, and what we'll do is if we get 50 reviews, then we know to invite this uh, very prominent former co-host of this podcast back on as a guest spot because it's worth his time then. And then if we get to 100, which that would be amazing if you That'd all did amazing. that. Yeah, absolutely. Again, and, and you can go and say whatever you want in this review. Again, uh, hopefully good, hopefully, but... Please be nice. You know, uh, you just, we be have courteous. Very, We're human beings. Don't be impulsive. We have very, right. very, very uh, small <laughs> Feel, feel free to fire Rex Tillerson in those reviews. It'll be as good as the way he found out he was fired today. So if we get 100, we'll actually know that it's worth our time to book a location for a live show. So again, 50 reviews, guest star would be great and then if we get to 100 you can enjoy us in living color in the flesh and uh, we'll go from there so just head over to itunes and do that but now guys it's time for our first segment on the show segment that we call loon monitoring in the loon monitoring segment we talk about minnesota united fc our loons who this week ended up getting the result three points caleb doing the three-point dance which i didn't know was a thing but apparently this weekend i hope we win because then you get to see him do it in person I, I stole it from a former Gulf Rivers basketball player, Ralph Sampson III. He would dance with threes, and when he was uh-huh. announced, he was six, seven foot one, zero, seven foot, six foot eleven, close. Was the softest big man in the entire world. He did, <laughs> he was terrible. Um, but that's not neither here nor there. Let's move on to the actual sport. So Orlando City hosted Minnesota United, went down 2-1, to one, the only game for Orlando coming off a penalty. And I think that, to me, was the biggest talking point of this game, which was the shit inconsistent refereeing. Okay, so I think... I'm just going to sit back. First off, there's a much bigger talking point from this game, specifically that Minnesota United's offensive linchpin got horrendously injured but that, that, that that's that's a momentary thing for me uh, an incident from this game but i think throughout this game you had a referee that initially my first view was oh wow he's letting a lot go i guess he's gonna let him play and then he calls a soft touch on a penalty for orlando's equalizer and we're we're back to nothing and then he doesn't call it at the other end and then there are a lot of other questionable calls throughout the game including mason toy not being given a penalty for Denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Yes. Bad refereeing is bad, especially when it includes going to the video assistant to determine potential badness or refusing to go to the video assistant for potential badness. That being said, um, how in the fuck was that not a penalty when he ran into him from behind and didn't play the ball? So, um... Go ahead. I, just, I didn't get to watch the game, but I think the argument here is that the referee was letting a lot of stuff go, and that is a foul that was similar to Sam Nicholson, a foul on Sam Nicholson earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. That wasn't called. Uh, it just shouldn't matter if a foul is in the box or not. If you're not calling that throughout the game, they shouldn't call that at all. Right. And, and what I'm saying if, is if, if these fouls should be called. Yeah, like, but no, yeah, no, no, no. I disagree. Some... I disagree. I think if you called every foul in a soccer game that was technically a foul, you wouldn't be playing any soccer. You'd have more stoppages in a football game, and that's the point. Is that you know the, there are these arguments. Football is getting soft. Blah blah blah. I don't agree. I don't miss the days when shins were broken. However, this was a referee who laid down the law and said this is going to be kind of a little bit of a rougher game, and Laria stepped in front of Ethan Finley. And Ethan Finley essentially ran into him. Like, there was nowhere else for Ethan Finley to go. Like, he could have jumped out of the way, maybe. But there was, to me, there was nothing else to do. And that was what the players had come to expect. So to suddenly set down an expectation and then go against it is crap. I'll agree that non-calls and then penalty calls are frustrating. But if you're implying that that was a soft touch because... Larea moved into Finley's way. Like that's good play by Larea. Yeah, that's precisely what you are supposed to do when you're in the box. And that is a foul. Like I'm I'm not I I would be I would be very, very pleased with the luck that we had in not having that called as a foul, had that gone uncalled. 
Ah, uh, no yeah. way. Nobody noticed it until he called the VAR. Nobody thought that, oh, that's a potential penalty. We should be afraid there. Except for the fact that he called it as a foul and went to the VAR to figure out if it happened in the box. It's it, That was not... I mean... The, no, if, no, if that is very like specifically this, what happened. If, if you call this in every single game, you are playing football and not soccer. You are, you are introducing so many calls that are light that impede the flow of the game. Refereeing in soccer is is a subjective thing. You do not have the same refereeing calls in every game. As long as it is consistent so the players know what to expect, what is okay and not, that's that's the way that this game is played. And this referee was inconsistent and he's he called that very light touch, which I I'm I feel secure in saying most referees out there would have just been like, nope, that's okay. That just happened. That's fine. I think you get that opinion from spending a very large chunk of your soccer watching time with your back to the field. I don't think so. I think I have I I I think I get that from knowing what a good referee does in terms of fouls. I feel like you actually argued about this for what, three or four episodes. So let's move on. Ethan Finley, even though he gave the penalty, had two goals in this game. Um, both well-worked team goals. Um, first one, Ramirez held the ball in very expertly to Molino, who played it just outside Finley. Great team goal. Great play by Ramirez. Great play by Molino. Great play by Finley. Yeah. Um, Molino in the first half was imperious. Uh, was just passing it easily through a very poor Orlando backline. We should also mention that Sam Nicholson had a, also had a great game on the left-hand side for the first half until he also came off injured in the second half with a hamstring, I believe. Yeah, hamstring yeah. issue. Um, again, he was playing against Scott Sutter. He still played really well. I don't. He still took advantage of a fullback who wasn't up to par, and that's what you need to maybe didn't some confidence. He's a young guy, maybe need some confidence to go forward and play ball next week if he can play this week. I mean, yeah. I, I would personally drive Scott Sutter to the glue factory <laughs> after that game. Um, is, but, that, is that what glue is made out of? I thought it was horses. Uh, um, oh, no. <laughs> what, happened to that, what happened to that fullback from Kansas City that Miguel Ibarra embarrassed last year? What happened to him, guys? Where is he? <laughs> Speaking of which, I was really, again, impressed by Miguel Ibarra coming onto the pitch. I yeah. was... In general, I would say that I think Colin's right, which is that we were playing against a depleted substandard opposition. Stefano Pino gets an injury, and he was looking pretty dangerous early on. Um, let's be honest. Orlando didn't really have any attacking options left at that point no, once, uh, once Pino went off. Dwyer out with injury, Clustin out right. with suspension. Really, they had Justin Miram, and right. that was yeah. about it. Usually, and, and at that, Justin Miram was played as a striker when he's, he's really a winger. winger. Yeah, it's, right. yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it's but at the same time what I want to also point out is that winning games you should win is the mark of a good team. So I'm ready to celebrate this win. I just wanted to be followed up with a win right. as well against a team that is doing well. Um, which perhaps the fire might be. Yeah, we don't um, know about the fire, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I will say this. I went through the wins that we had last season. And uh, by my count, I think the win against Portland and the win against Montreal were the only two wins that I could really point to and say, this team didn't have catastrophic injuries or this team wasn't horrendously bad. And Minnesota United won. Uh, that's part of why I'm skeptical when people celebrate a win like this. Yeah, you know, the offense was definitely firing on all cylinders. We didn't need control of the ball to be successful. Once we actually see that level of a performance against quality opposition that's at full strength, that's when I mean it maybe let my guard down a little bit. You know, I celebrated the shit out of this win, but I don't necessarily think it augurs well for future results. Christian Ramirez looked a little bit sluggish when he got the ball in the final yeah. third. I think for most don't, of this match, the final touch was lacking. Yeah, I don't think he was fully fit, and 
He did what he could. He did yeah. great in the hold-up play, and that's what you want out of a striker like that with their winners pushing up so far. Um, Mason Toy, though, what a debut. Watch on, on the pitch and just shoves two around the defenders trying to body him up on a corner. That was nice to see. Um, also, his flick on the second goal to Ibarra. Great, pr- great crossbow from Ibarra, too. Yep. Finley couldn't couldn't miss from there. Um, but the best part of the whole entertainment was during the celebration when Mason Toy... Mouth the words. It's over, baby. At the at the field, just I, at. I I like the swagger. He's young. He's nineteen. I want him to be the little punk of the yeah, league. That's yeah, great. I, yeah. I also enjoyed him uh, duplicating Ethan Finlay's shushing celebration. We need a guy yeah. who 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 cooperates on celebrations with people we, and we need, like copies them. We need a guy like Sadio Mane who copies the yeah. celebrations very poorly behind the person who's actually celebrating yeah. the goal. Also, I want all of you uh, listening to this podcast to close your eyes for a moment, put your hands together and pray for freaking Ibsen. Pray before him and beg him to be healthy and remain with this team forever. Goal line clearance. A lot of great play throughout this game. I, I will die in front of Ibsen. If if, 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 if this there's was, a bullet being shot at him, I'm gonna get really nerdy here for a second. If this was a Dungeons and Dragons world, Ibsen would be chaotic good. Yeah, <laughs> you, some days you want to. What are you doing? And then he, the other days he's clearing a ball off the line of the outside of his right foot, the outside notch. This it was outside. a curler on the volley as a goal line clearance. I, I want to put up, put this out there. This is something that Bruce Denord McGuire said on. Denard football show a long time ago about Ibsen, or maybe I'm misremembering. I said this about someone else, but it's applicable to Ibsen, which is that Ibsen is unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do when he has the ball, and that is terrific. He confuses the hell out of the opposition. He'd probably be tattered neutral, honestly. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I love no. the guy. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I still think that with an actual defensive midfielder, Minnesota is probably going to be better with some level of predictability. But that doesn't mean that we can't stop and appreciate the absonity. Let me put it this way. Uh, yes, there are better players out there. Like most players of this Minnesota United squad, we can bring in a better player and become a superior team. But I think I would personally, even if we get a better player, like maybe Luis uh, Fernando or whoever in Ibsen's position, I would like to hold on to Ibsen. Oh, have him play yeah, 20 totally. to 30 every game where we just need someone to come in as a closer because uh, he's he's getting up there, but I, I, I what what is he's our now a third longest survived player on this squad, a second at yeah, this point, along with uh, Coleman and Ramirez, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is, I mean, I think yeah, Ramirez and Coleman, I think are 2014, and Ibsen is 2015, and then Ibarra had a break in between. Mm-hmm. So I I want to hold on to Ibsen and pray for his legs as long as he will want to stay with this team. He is becoming. I mean, I, I would put him on my jersey I want him to, I want him to retire with the team and then become a coach immediately. Right. But like a youth coach and like all the youth coaches, all the youth team is like playing balls outside of their feet and like yelling up at the ref when everything. It's just, I want Ipsonity to infect the entire team. Yeah. Um, speaking of legs to pray about, um, the one really terrible thing about this game was that Kevin Molino tore his ACL. Yeah. Out for the season, um, he he was off to just an absolute stunner of a season. Two goals and one assist in two games. Um, he really had, was on his way to a great year after his kind of lackluster year last year, um, by his standards at least. So it's really tough to see him go in this way, especially so early in the season. It's the only the only plus side on this might be that we're now forced to buy a natural number 10 and hopefully we'll get one. So we'll see what happens. Um Quickly, let's move on to our MLS segment. Before we do, a few quick rumors, which you don't need to indulge until they actually become reality. Uh, per Tenorio and Ruder, Heath and Manny are scouting Darwin Quintero from Club America in Mexico. Uh, Owundi, Bertrand Owundi is officially on the roster. Luis Fernando is to show up on Wednesday per greeter. And um, former Loon, Sammy Najak, is signed with the team. Yeah, third division finish side, Mickelin. Oh, I... I'm so happy for him. I love, I love their tires. I want him to come back, sign for like, I don't know, um, KC or something, and then 
you throw know. the ball into his own net when he's playing against us. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Personally, I think he's going to be a star at Michelin. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a. <laughs> No, that was good. That was, that was that very was, good. Well worked. Let's yeah. now move into the segment we call the Major Listing Service. In the Major Listing Service segment, we cover the latest news from Major League Soccer. First up, Columbus beat Montreal 3-2 in the weekend that had, what is it, the most goals on an MLS weekend in quite some time? Was there some statistic? Probably. Uh, yeah, but there were a lot of goals, and this was no exception. Five goals in this game, uh, including some scored by a certain individual who makes me touch my head with both my hands most times. Golasi is always scoring this. No, 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 we're not doing this. That is too much. Yeah, that is... <laughs> I really struggled with how to fit that in, but... Uh, I yeah. struggle with Giassi Zardes actually scoring goals. And what is it you said, Caleb? One more than his total goals, goals tally from last year yeah, already I'm, within two games. Tweet at me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he only had two last year. He has three already this year in two games. Ah, so damn it. I, I feel for the guy. He, I, I want him to do well. He seems like a nice guy. I had a had good head on his shoulders. You just need yeah, to change yeah. the scenery, apparently. Now he's scoring goals, but... Good for him. Yeah. Montreal give up two penalties and knock off the bar twice. This included the penalties, by the way. It included the winner where one of their players tripped and brought down a Columbus goal scorer. Not even a failed tackle. He just tripped. He, he just, literally tripped and fell into the guy's ankles. Uh, Pippa Higuain scored his 50th goal in MLS. In his 150th game, no less. Real Salt Lake took on LAFC. And the best thing from the Real Salt Lake end was a two-pole that had the Shivas USA logo with uh, big nose and uh, glasses and a mustache and big eyebrows, you know, the disguise glasses. The, the Groucho marks. Yeah, it, that was um, that was about the best they could do because they went down 5-1 at home. But they scored first. So oh, oh. that's yeah, something. Uh, Plata right, had a penalty saved and then scored the rebound and then really get- it was... Um, it already had been one-way traffic for LAFC and it just continued from there it's early yet but Diego Rossi does seem to be making his mark as newcomer of the year yeah he's really good um he's had some sort of involvement in every single one of LAFC's six goals uh, Latif Lessing's goal should have been called off for two outside calls but for some reason VAR was not consulted by the referee team no 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 it's it there. was it consulted it was yes <laughs> well what the what the hell guys do better we um I just want to point out, I was checking to see if Uruguay had made the World Cup because I couldn't remember. And the first thing in Google when you type R Uruguay says white people. And I was like, mm, <laughs> whoa, what the hell, guys? What is going on here? Like, that's, that's do we need that right is, now? Is the know? country white people? Is that? <laughs> do you guys know if they've made the World Cup this year? I'm trying to remember. I'm um, pretty sure they uh, because I mean, I don't recall them initially getting an invite to the "We Didn't Make It" cup. <laughs> I think that's the the thing that if I was an LAFC fan, I would be afraid of is somewhere in the summer, uh, Uruguay, because of this him being Diego Rossi being called up to Uruguay, and um, turned out they didn't qualify for Russia, so. So that is not a fear that LAFC fans need to have. But I would say that if he does well in international games, this is a guy who might get poached because he is on the Uruguay scene. All right, let's move on to Chicago playing SKC. Uh, really one quick thing over there. LAFC has a Spanish account, which they should be using as 40% of the population of Los Angeles is Spanish-speaking. Turns out the Spanish account barely tweeted uh, in this game. What the hell are you doing, LAFC? Just freaking, it's the, this is the lowest bar you could hop over having an active Spanish account. Do you know how many people you could approach to run this thing for you? Just pay someone 40 to 60K and get it freaking done. Cut one of your league minimum players and just hire someone. Guarantee you make more through that account tweeting than whatever that player would have done for you. Um, you know, Jesus Christ, it's so easy. Anyway. Or you could just, you know, have the person running it actually do their job. That too. Um, Chicago played SKC and went down 3-4 to four at home. SKC getting that last five-minute winner after equalizing at 3-3. In cr- hashtag scenes. Which no one at Chicago saw because they all went home. Yeah, they all went home because it was too cold. Come on. Or they didn't Come bother on. coming because it's impossible to get to Bridgeview. Yes, it's not Chicago, guys. It's the Bridgeview fire. 
it's true. It's true. They're going to be here soon. And I, I believe we are the same distance from Chicago, downtown Chicago, as Bridgeview is. So uh-huh. that, That's accurate. Yeah. 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 Whole home game for the Chicago <clears throat> fans here in Minnesota. Nemanja Likulic does get the equalizer at 2-2 for Chicago and got another goal. Seems like he's going to have another good year. Bastian Schweinolder does manage to also make a few heads turn with his work on the first Chicago's first goal. Uh, New England beat Colorado two to one, but really nothing happened in this game except for the three goals. I mean, the first half there was nothing. It was basically a tumbleweed, eleven tumbleweeds, just rolling across the pitch. Yeah, uh, coincidentally, it, also what goes through Robert Kraft's mind as he when he occasionally watches the New England game. He doesn't yeah. watch the game. Um, the only takeaway that I have from that game, Colorado is really bad this year. Thankfully, they Again, couldn't even beat. New England without their two starting center backs. The the more things change, the more things stay the same. You also heard this week that Lee Wynn, uh, New England, are now entertaining offers from Chicago and Montreal in the market. Hopefully, Manny, loons as well. Manny, I know you're, you're listening. Just, just stiff Brad Carl. Just, just, just stiff McCall. He's desperate. Stiff McCall. Houston play Vancouver who won 2-1 in Houston. Vancouver saying that uh, for every goal the Canucks would score, they would give away some free tickets. Turns out the Canucks lost 3-0. Uh, the Oof, Whitecaps, though, again, yeah. winning 2-1. K. Kamara scoring his 100th MLS goal in his 300th appearance. How sweet. Yeah, on a PK, no less. Um, good for him. Good career throughout MLS. Wait, wait, wait. This can't be correct. Who wrote these notes? Brett Shea scores the game winner? Yeah. When's he the next game? It gets weirder. Okay. Uh, New York Red Bulls played Portland and won 4-0. Carlos Rivas scored twice, Notch. Twice. I told you it got weirder. Wow. Into the net. Like, not even like a, a fake net they had, like 30 yards to the left and not up 20 <laughs> rows. Into the actual real net. It, just as an aside, Timbers Army should have done that as like... <laughs> a TIFO idea whenever they see Carlos Rivas. Just hold up a, a goal in the supporter section. <laughs> yeah. The sign that says Cup for Carlos Rivas. <laughs> you can score on this one, Carlos. We can do You should suggest should that, that to David Martin. We yeah. should do that, Caleb. We should do that. Yeah. Um, 17-year-old Ben Mines. Do we know how to say his name yet? Mines? I think it's Mines. Um, makes his end, there's a Red Bull debut and scores in the 17th minute. Absolutely despicable defending by Liam Ridgewell. Ridgewell looks over his shoulder, sees two unmarked Red Bull defenders and continues to jog down the field like nothing's happening. Just remember about this game. Red Bulls played basically an entirely rotated squad because of Champions League. And they beat Portland 4-0. Portland probably assuming that this week was their bye week and not next week, which it is. Atlanta played DC and, um, you know, they they won. That that happened. Uh, Let's move on. I don't know. Go watch Almiron's goal. It's quite a quite, quite a good goal. No, don't, don't. It's not worth it. They're, also, they, some little tiny little record got broken, and their uh, first ever winning is DC United, in three games played. Ah, yeah, that's right. DC apparently their first points taken from DC United. Right, right, exactly. Um, Atlanta also breaking the MLS attendance record. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, New York City FC beat LA Galaxy 2-1. David Villa giving an impassioned speech in the locker room that was recorded after the game, uh, which you can watch. It was something like, what is 100th appearance in MLS, something like that? I forget. It must be at this point. Um, go watch Anton Timmerholm's volley screamer off the top bar. Gorgeous. Gorgeous shot. Um David Villa also scored because he's David Villa. And big story from this game is that uh, Gio Dos Santos gets pulled at halftime due to a hamstring injury. And it makes the Galaxy a whole lot better in the second half. Patrick Ewing effect? Right. Who knows? Uh, Ashley Toler sent off for a sudden yellow card because he's old and slow and didn't want to play the whole entire game because he was tired of running. He did get kind of messed up on that second goal for uh, New York City in a pretty embarrassing way. Um, uh, let's quickly cover CONCACAF Champions League before the the, the break. Uh, suffice it to say, we had three wins last week again by for MLS squads against Liga MX squads. Uh, never has happened before. This is really incredible result for MLS teams. The Mexican magazine, whose name I'm not forgetting, summing it up by quoting a Mexican presidential candidate talking about Trump's wall when he said, 
is insulting and unacceptable. Um, so that that's how Liga MX sees MLS teams doing well over them. Tonight, of course, Red Bull's getting yet another result, winning against um, Cholos, I believe. Yeah, uh, 3-1 over Tijuana. Um, so they're on the next round. Tijuana had given up seven goals, all the best defensive team in, in Mexico, and Red Bull's put, oh, put uh, five over them in two legs. Bunch of Liga MX coaches coming out and giving respect to MLS in light of these results. Also, a major deal being signed between MLS and Liga MX. Yeah, um, the two leagues are going to hold the Campeones Cup. Um, it's going to be basically a Super Cup match between the MLS Cup winner and the winner of a match between the Apertura and Clausura winners of Liga MX. Um, at some later dates, there's also going to be a Liga MX All-Stars versus MLS All-Stars for the All-Star game, which that is going to be lit. I don't know if this was supposed to be a one-off or repeat. I would actually say that this would be fantastic as a yearly second game for I, the MLS All-Stars. I hope it is. Yeah, I mean, this is so yeah. good. There have always been conversations about how the best players in MLS are as good as the best players in Liga MX. It's always the depth players that we have to worry about. Well, let's test that theory. This sounds like a fantastic way to also infuse something new um, into the soccer world. Uh, I, I would love this. Imagine Andre Pierginiak playing against MLS All-Stars this year. I'm, my mind be is be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, other TCL results. Uh, Toronto beat T-Dress 2-1 off of a amazing back-to-yell goal by Osorio. They're playing right now. Um, current update, 0-0 zero, zero still. Mavinda just cleared a ball off the line for Toronto. And then Seattle beat Chivas 1-0, but it could have easily been 3 or 4 nothing for Seattle. They'll be missing their chances. Or be sad that they missed their chances when they played their way late in Guadalajara. Extremely encouraging, both this deal and these results. Do you guys have any final thoughts on how MLS, the the, the impact or the legacy that this, this set of results will leave for MLS? It shows that the coaches are trying and putting a focus on the Champions League, which is good. And that should be the focus because that's what the focus is in Europe. And that has the best leads in the world. Uh, if you want MLS and Liga MX to become one of the, some of the best leads in the world, they have to put this competition in in the front runner. If you're if you're qualified for it, you should be playing your best players in this. That'll lift up Athlete on match, that'll lift up MLS, and we'll have one of the best Champions Leagues, or the best Champions League in the world. I think there's more than enough reasons with the scheduling, uh, with just kind of how these games work, that American coaches did have an excuse to not care about Champions League for a long time. The fact that these coaches are saying, yes, it's going to be a priority, it's still steamrolling in the league, then also you know winning these matches, I think it definitely is a good sign for the reputation of the league. I will also end by saying that having our best teams in the league from the previous year um, have additional results is a parity mechanism because they'll have they need to rotate more. So just so, so Toronto, who's spending a lot of money, this adds a little bit of parity. Anyway, oh. with that, it's time for our break. We shall go off and do a few things that we do in the breaks. He never told you what we do in breaks, but uh, it's 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 fun. It's terribly fun. And so we're gonna go do that. And, and we'll we never shall... tell you what we do. You just have to think about what we do and guess. Yeah, and then so we we shall return for part two when you have made that guess. Right now, Colin just poured a perfect Guinness pour, Guinness Nitro pour into a pint glass. Um, just perfect level of head, wonderful pour. Caleb, I wanted to ask you, because Colin's already answered this question, what have you done to perfection recently? Um, oh, wow. You have a much sadder life I than have I to, thought. I, have to, I mean... <laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. <laughs> it would probably also be pouring a beer, which is... Also, but, I mean, I don't want to steal that. I had a pretty good goal on NHL 17 the other day. That was pretty awesome. So you hit just perfection on there, huh? Yeah. I mean, I don't do a lot of things that 
like are graded. I mean, I read a lot. I listen to vinyl. I work, but I think there's a lot of perfection that's possible in those, like just the perfect song at the perfect moment on vinyl. But that's not anything that I do. Okay. I think that's mostly on you're, you're the good, song you're, and you're, how it makes you feel when I'm like, oh, wait, this was a good record to pick. Or, I think a lot of it is that you don't want to give yourself credit for the you're good You're a good Midwestern you. boy who, yeah. who doesn't exceed his, like, limits. He just, like, is happy to just, you know, uh, at least say that he's kind of just, you know, you don't, you don't want to catch attention. Guys, so. is, is this, like, just a big ruse to get me into therapy? <laughs> Where were you guys last year when I actually needed you a little bit? Speaking of sponsors, this episode is sponsored by Talkspace. It's not, I, but if you want to sponsor us, you know where to find us. Is that yeah. how you get sponsors? I, I will say the thing that I did to perfection recently is something that is kind of on and off in my life. It's just New York strip steaks. I love New York strip steaks. Oh. If you want to make me a strip steak, okay. um, I, will, I made the perfect New York strip steak medium on the inside. The fat was rendered beautifully. I love that just like beautiful gooey gristle it's so good i have one now i made tikka masala for the first time and it was amazing i'll be the judge of that sir I, I, your chicken tikka masala must like stand up to rigorous standards i mean i didn't put a whole lot of veggies in there i want to put more in but i oh, it was really good and it was, veggies. Even, it was even better the next day well yeah i gotta make it a little bit healthy <laughs> Over some quinoa, it was, it was great. You crap, just give me crap. All right, we're gonna skip the permit scheme this week. There's just one news item from there, which is Bethlehem Steel's jersey preview. Looks pretty good. Okay, sack two items. NASL is still technically alive. We'll see how long. Even though it's not, let's yeah. just be honest. Let's move into a segment now that we call the sewer. In the sewer segment, we talk about our Ninja Turtles, the NTs, our national teams, the women's national team. Definitely believe, guys. They believe. Did they hashtag believe? Did they hashtag she believes? You know who really believed in that who, game? Who? Karen Bardsley. She, of the English national team, uh, their goalkeeper had an own goal in the final to put the U.S. into... She believed so hard that the U.S. won. And that's, you know, that's inspiring. She is like the, by the way, the prototypical Euro snob, grew up in California... Went to California high school, went to CSU Fullerton with a graphic design major. Is there anything more American than that going to college for like graphic design? I don't think so. Pretty much anything else that's... Yeah, I was, I was... She, she probably had like AR-15s in her in her room, okay? Let, let's be honest. Although, and so, to, so be that's fair, American. to be fair, this was California that we're talking about. True, true, true. She probably like, had a she bunch had of weed. She had like seven uh, pot, pot plants yeah, in her yeah, yeah, yeah. closet. And then and, and, and she, she would you know probably get up very early and go to like watch uh, English Premier League games and talk a lot about Pro-Rel. Because she decided to play for England. And here's, here's a quote from her, which is... Um, I don't really have any ties to the United States apart from my mom and dad. They're your parents. You had extended family in Stockport, England. Like, your parents are... I mean, come on. That's I, a pretty big tie. I, I grew up in Wisconsin. My grandparents were in Michigan and Minnesota. I'm from Wisconsin. This is like that guy who shows up in a Dortmund jersey to Minnesota United Games. Be like, you know, I don't really have ties to Minnesota. You grew up here. No, but I studied abroad in Dortmund for like an entire semester. And it was the best three months of my life, okay? It's, I am a bigger Dortmund fan. It's the guy who goes to Barcelona and then comes back and pronounces all, pronounces all of his S's like... What's <laughs> Barcelona? Barcelona. Barcelona last year and there was... Uh, it was, uh, it was just beautiful, you know. Like, Espanol. There's just a beautiful country over there. And, uh, <laughs> Although. You just want to get it. I will say this, though. Um, my f- closest familial tie back to Ireland would probably be a great, great grandfather. Did you see me pour that Guinness? There are some things that just get passed down generation to generation yeah. that you don't even think about. And and, and Karen Bardsley, you know, perfect. When she was watching her first English, like just just her first soccer game, she was like, "I just want to beat the shit out of somebody, man." These are my English roots coming through. She's definitely a West Ham fan. <laughs> we'll get Save on it. to that. Save it for that. Yeah, we. I I feel bad taking her to the cleaners in the week that she scored an own goal that lost her tournament. But you know, that's a that's a that's a, that's a dumb quote. Yeah, it really is. I didn't feel any ties from my parents. Well, that's it's, a pretty strong... Ah, uh, 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 take that. Your parents, your friends, the house you lived in, the high school, the college. Hell, most of the club teams you played for until 2011, dude. Like, what the hell? Anyway, 
Anyway, anyway, Karen Bartley, good for you. I um, hope you have a wildly successful career with England after this tournament. Uh, let's now move into, speaking of English, let's now move into a segment that we call The Pub. In The Pub, we fly over to England. We actually go and check out every pub in England each week. Um, not not all at the same time, one at a time, which I think in about 1,400 years we'll have checked out all of them. And this week we're going to a pub that we call... The Burst Bubbles. Is that a pub? Guys, a pub that has freaking bubbles. Like bubble bots on the corners, like the boots are actually like bubble bot tubs, and then you get those like blowing bubble things. That would be the best that bar. That would be fantastic. Well, we're here right now, so it's fantastic. But also, yeah. I feel very threatened by all the angry British people around us who have all have corner flags for some reason. It's very odd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's um should we get on to that first or should we get on to something uh, i mean should, should i, I can just rip the bandit off and talk about this first game we have on our notes right now please i mean please. uh manchester united two liverpool one it hurts it hurts oh my god it hurts uh rashford stored a brace i believe i was asleep for this game i stayed up too late watching career after the straight guy because that's a great show and if you're not watching it what are you doing with your life um but rate our podcast, then watch Queer Eye, yep. then come back to the podcast. Yep. But I wasn't mad about it because it's a, they're a tough team to play, especially at Old Trafford. Uh, I wasn't mad, that mad, but apparently Jamie mad, Jamie Terrider was so mad that he could spit. This is a story and that you did. Unless you've lived under a rock, you haven't missed. Jamie Carrier, current Sky Sports pundit, former Liverpool defender, was driving along when a dad and a daughter were driving past him or alongside him. They were insulting him or saying 2-1-2-1-2-1, I believe, and Jamie Carragher decided to spit. Am I the only one who thinks that that's not horrible? Like, okay, he should apologize, which he has, but it's not like the guy should be, you know, put to death or, like, flogged I think this. he was suspended for a month from Sky Sports, and that's good. Yeah. Embrace your shitheads. And you, at Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, we, you, we embrace our shitheads. You, don't, shithead. you, don't, you don't want people spitting on each other. But you also shouldn't be berating a sports personality in public. I think that that's... Or just anyone. Don't be yeah. a dickbag in traffic. And also when you're driving, don't hold up a camera to film. Like, th- that's illegal in England, by the way. So his dad should be like, lock him up. Lock him up, you know. Damn, this became a Trump rally pretty quick. I mean, um, at least write the dude a ticket. But, right. yeah, um... Don't spit at people is the moral of this story. West Bromwich Albion lost to Leicester, who put four goals in the West Bromwich Albion net. Go watch Jamie Vardy's goal from this game. You won't be disappointed. It is fantastic. It's not even the best goal this week, which is saying a whole lot. Um, West Brom is now eight points from safety with eight to play. They're down, right, guys? They're they're down. I mean, what Pep Guardiola did for 2009 Barcelona, Alan Pardiola is doing from for the bottom with West Brom this year. I mean... Here's here's how badly Lester beat them though. Their assistant coach Michael Appleton suddenly surged ahead to be the leading candidate to replace Allen when he bids us Pardieu. <laughs> I for one can't wait for it. next season when Alan Pardieu takes another takes hold of another mid-table struggling uh Premier League team because apparently they can't learn their goddamn lesson. That might actually be West Ham United, who lost 3-0 to Burnley. Um, By all accounts, West Ham played a respectable game. Unfortunately, there had already been signs of a fan protest before this game, which had to be cancelled. Some news on the Football Weekly podcast of threats being made and just vicious stuff being passed around. So... This game was played in a charged atmosphere, and when West Ham went down, um, hashtag scenes, the owner's box had coins thrown at it. Um, a lot of angry fans who then invaded the pitch. Uh, Mark Noble threw a pitch invader to the ground and was yelling at him, which I understandable. I think that if I was in his situation, I'd do the same exact thing. And, and here's I, I would hope that any player would do that same thing, because... We should be coming up with every single way possible to deter pitch invaders from doing just, stupid just shit Just like two-footed cleats up tackle. Please. <laughs> Please. Very quickly, I want to point out that some of the discussion around this has been that this, the, the what is it? Is it the City of England Stadium or what? I forget what it's called. It's, um, well, it's City London, of London Stadium. Yeah, City London of London Stadium, stadium is, quote-unquote, not a football stadium, which... Okay, there have been some talk about how the stewards are new, how everything's getting used to. All I'm going to say is, 
typically I'm one of those people who's like, okay, traditions matter, blah, blah, blah. Like this is something that the fans matter more in England. That's a good thing. In this case, I'm just get over it. People world over play in athletic stadiums with tracks and all this like separation, you know, whatever else you want to say uh, and get on with their lives. Look at some of the stadiums that they play in in South America, which have massive tracks around the pitch. Look at Atlanta United drawing 72,000 people in in a football stadium in America. Just Look get at over it. New York City FC and a baseball stadium. Right. It's not Actually, ideal. no, don't don't look don't at that. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Don't. But but looked at these teams and look at what their fans are doing. They're cheering for their team. They're happy to be there. They're having fun. These I, West Ham fans are just just went absolute buttfuck crazy. And there are there are legitimate issues with the owners and yeah. some of the things that they're doing, but all the stadium discussion, I don't get. Anyway, let's talk about Chelsea, Crystal Palace. Chelsea winning 2-1. Uh, William is having a quietly very, very good year. And yet, I, I, I think I think when you're saying that William is your best player is kind of like when Minnesota United says Ibsen is our best player. I, I would argue with that. I think William is very underrated, but we have Hazard on your team. You're obviously right. But yeah. William is very underrated, having a great year. I feel like he's every time he's on the pitch, he scores, and he should be did more accolades than he is right now. Speaking of plucky underdogs that don't get enough accolades, Arsenal won three <laughs> nil against Watford this weekend. Wenger showing his fangs and and staking his claim to the job for another twenty five years. I mean, I think that claim would actually have been made a little bit better in the Thursday game, um, but. The one thing that I really took away from that was that Aubameyang can actually pass it to Mkhitaryan and not the other way around. So, but I said this two or three episodes ago when Wenger was at peak, we hate Wenger mode. This is exactly it. They play like shit for multiple weeks and they have these like two good results back to back. And I was like, oh, were we wrong that last time when we were like overreacting? Like what happened? Well, and here we are. First off, no, you weren't wrong. Um, but this is peak Arsenal. This is exactly what they do. Every time they suck, they come back and they're good for a couple of games before they suck again. Yeah, but the difference is that people are still pissed off at Wenger anyway. They're pissed off that a 3-0 win against Watford is being hailed as a turning point that we will remember for a lifetime. Like That's a direct quote from Stan Kroenke, I think, probably. You say that like Stan Kroenke actually realizes that he owns a team. Like, oh, I think he realizes all right. I think he looks at the checks coming in and he's like, <laughs> and just giggles incredulously. That's how I see Stan Kroenke in my mind, just giggling a lot. Uh, anyway, let's 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 go on to Bournemouth, who got beat by Tottenham four one. Bits are out of the stadium as the Harry Kane left the game injured. England out of the World Cup Bummer. in the first round now. As if they wouldn't Bummer. have been already. Oh, Manchester City beating Stoke 2-0 on a cold, rainy night in Stoke. Except, unfortunately, not a Tuesday, so it doesn't count. Are we even surprised about this game? It, Stoke is terrible. Man City is not I think quite the, the opposite. I, I, I really think it's only the cold, rainy night thing yeah, that someone had challenged that's Guardiola That's all that Stoke do. has is that cold, rainy night. When it doesn't happen, they're garbage. And even when it does happen... They're still pretty garbage. The, the tweet of the week from English Soccer last week came from a team called Hemel Hempstead Down. I've unfortunately lost the name of the journalist who pushed this into our um, reality, but I will read it to you. A non-league player called Sanchez Watt was shown Arsenal a red product, card. by the way. I was very high on Sanchez Watt when he was still in the academy. Okay. So, uh, a hipster. Uh, a non-league player called Sanchez Watt was shown a red card for dissent after the ref asked for his name. He repeatedly replied correctly, what, 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 which the ref interpreted as what, what, what. The car red card was then rescinded after the situation was explained to the ref. Uh, comedy uh, of comedy. That's, that's who's pretty on good. first? Exactly. If what's at midfield, who's on at left back? Uh, Abbott, uh, Abbott, uh, and uh, Costello. We actually did, we did a, a sketch like that. Yeah, in the old days. Sure I remember that. We that. Did. You think we should do sketches again? I kind of miss them. Maybe for the live show. I remember, guys. A hundred reviews to the live show and the sketch. I would. That might deter them from reviewing. Here, tell honestly. you what. Use the reviews to tell us to do sketches. You know, I should have someone in well, someone from my family in India track down Juanan and like. 
get get us his agent so I can book him for a live show and then have him do a Conan like Juan on the Barbarian. He would sketch. be so confused. That would be the best. I'd enjoy that very much. It'd be fantastic. All right, let's now move into a segment that we call "They Don't Call It Soccer." In brackets, some do though. First up. Uh, some shitty news from Ibar, where Real Madrid <laughs> beat him 2-1, and Sergio Ramos had to leave the pitch for about five minutes, and asked later about why, Zinedine Zidane said he shot himself. Well, Ramos did, that is. That, Zinedine Zidane needs to, like, cover up for him, like, somehow. Like, Cramps. Cramps, or... Abdominal pe- cramping. Abdominal cramping, or... <laughs> Wardrobe malfunction. Something. Don't say that the, the dude shat himself. Come on. Like, have, it, have, have, have someone's back for once, Zinedine. Not just headbutt him straight in the chest with your shit comment. I mean, I, for one, wanted a little bit more detail in this. He shat himself. Like, was this, like, he was just starting to prairie dog it. Let's, 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 let's cut the mic. Let's, let's not, cut the mic. Let's not go cut there. We did that Producer, one Buffalo Wild Wings it. conversation at one time and I, I don't want to talk about poop on this podcast ever again. In Liga MX, Andre Piazginiak scored a goal that you should go and look at. It's, I mean, incredible. Laser-tastic. Yeah, just just go watch it. Uh, Champions League results. Manchester United getting beat 2-1 by Sevilla. This makes that <laughs> loss to them so much better. Or so, at least a little bit worth it. Not better, but is, like... Is Jose Mourinho the only one who parks the bus at nil-nil aggregate? At home against a very inferior team? Yeah. What are he, they doing? Sevilla the fired their coach here, this year. The tactics this game were... Baffling. Like why do you have Ramon Lukaku, you have Marcus Rashford, you have Anthony Marshall, you have Elijah Sanchez, you have Paul Pogba. Why are you sitting back? Well, he's not playing Pogba. Or, or as the pundits say, he's not playing Rashford, but actually Rashford has got a lot of minutes under Mourinho. Pogba, though, I mean, did have to watch a little bit of this game from the bench. And Mourinho, I, I, God, I, I don't even know what to say about Mourinho at this point. The man has... He's second in the league which he's not going to win, why don't you just go all into the Champions League? What are you waiting for? I, for one, as a fan of a team who hates his coach, um, am totally with every single Manchester United fan. Like, it's it's infuriating to watch tactical decisions as a fan just go completely awry, which is why it's been kind of hard for me to not look on with some schadenfreude at Manchester United Twitter lately because shit looks like Arsenal fan TV out there. I'm very tired, Robbie. Uh, Lukaku has one goal this season against top six Premier League size. Wissam Benyetter has five despite playing, for, despite playing in a different country with Sevilla. Yeah. Uh, also, speaking of Schadenfreude for Colin, Tottenham got beat 2-1 to one <laughs> by Juve. Uh, Chiellini, he of Chicken Chiellini of Luis Suarez fame, uh, essentially said, Hey, lads, it's a Tottenham in a post-game inter- interview where he said Tottenham did not have a big game mentality and therefore were easy to beat by a team like... And then he put on a red hat and punched the turtle. Speaking of more happiness for Colin, the Europa League, Arsenal beating AC Milan 2-0 at the San Siro, a result nobody predicted. What in the actual fuck was that? Like, AC Milan, I think, had gone into that maybe six matches without even... It was six matches winning, a streak within that of scoreless... Arsenal had no business actually being relevant in that game, and yet they played enough on the attack and then somehow locked it down defensively? What? Speaking of what in the actual fuck, it's now time to move to a segment that we call the Reynolds Wrap-Up, where Colin takes a soccer conspiracy theory that you know you've been thinking about and makes sense of it for you. So the big news of the uh, Global Soccer Week was that uh, the Greek Super League is currently on hiatus after Pauk's owner and president, Ivan Savidas, stormed the field with a gun 
after Pauk was denied a late goal. Um, One thing I want to point out, a lot of people on seeing this news freaked out online, which I was like, why are you freaking out? And then I remember, oh, that's right. I live in a place where open carrying with guns is like totally normal. But in Europe, it's actually super rare, super weird to have like a gun in a public place. Here's the thing. Savitas isn't under potential uh, criminal investigation for having a brandished weapon. No, he's just under that. Like, I think there actually is a warrant out for his arrest um, just for storming the field. Now, in a statement afterwards, he apologized, kind of. He literally did say that there were people from both sides that stormed the field. I wish I was making that up, but he actually said that. And that he is going to continue to fight for various justices and injustices that have happened against Pauk this year, including a threatened three-point deduction after um, one of Pauk's fans threw things at the head coach of Olympiacos. Here's the thing, though. The Greek Super League suddenly turning into a clown show should not come as any surprise to us Americans. Because once again, something that is sacred to a hotbed of democracy is being torn asunder by the Russians. I shit you not. Ivan Savitas, you can look this up because it is actually true, is a former member of the Russian parliament. What? Seriously. Um, he, He was born in Georgia to Greek parents, then lived in Russia, and seriously was an MP in the Russian parliament. You cannot make it up. Oh my God, he's right. Yeah. I, I, I wish I was kidding about some of these things, but will the Russians stop anywhere in ruining fun things for the rest of the world? Like, I know that I'm echoing Rex Tillerson here, but... Russian meddling has got to stop at some point, guys. Like, why else would Ivan Savitas, realizing that his fans were actually making worthy reasons to dock them points for coach and player safety concerns, why would he then decide, you know what, I am going to make a last stand with a pistol on my hip and making sure that I take the jacket off. Like, that's pretty impulsive. Call back from our earlier discussion. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm telling you, like, impulsive decisions, Russian meddling. Time to go hand in hand. Right? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> uh, well, that was a bombshell. I was not <laughs> expecting that today. Can I, can I just do a quick bumper? Um, Syria scenes at Fiorentina when uh, the new captain who was wearing uh, Devastory's reverse number 31 store the game winner in Spanavento and don't watch and don't watch Syria Mobile's goal for Lazio even better than Geniacs just saying no I disagree oh. I, I will always back those heel volleys like look, that not looking I, at the goal come on that is only your second worst take about soccer in this podcast. Well, you have a lot of worse takes, so it's fine. You know, That's I, actually, I can have he has a point there. Okay, so you both fine. have very valid points. I'm at K. Olsen 760 on Twitter. I've <laughs> uh, also read 55.1. Check out my series on that website uh, covering some various supporters groups for Minnesota United uh, leading up to and probably going to be past the home opener uh, just with the amount of responses I've gotten. So thanks to those guys who responded and have allowed me to profile their uh supporters group uh you can find me at the attachments um unfortunately without any um other things to plug oh, you can well. find me at TWO united fans you can find this podcast on 55.1 and find podcast providers everywhere as we said before please review us on itunes we do appreciate hearing from you 
with that it's now time for us to say goodbye to you we shall return next week have a great rest of your week everyone goodbye See you.